Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. If I just recorded the cloud, see, I, I like to just get this all in because what, what we're doing right now is pure gold. Don't you think? Yeah, I've been waiting for this moment to fucking call you out for... I had to learn that your wife was pregnant on your podcast. Oh, she sure is. <laughs> Shout out to Julie and that sweet, sweet unborn child. We, uh, we don't, we're not going to find out until the delivery because we're cave people and that's how we do. Hey, man, I, you know, uh, girl or boy or alien, as long as it's breathing. Hmm. Yeah, girl or boy would be good. <laughs> That'd be my options. A dragon would be really sweet, though. Oh, that that show, <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, House of Dragons, hasn't really helped uh, Julie <laughs> at all. It's horrible. It's yeah. absolutely fucking horrible. <laughs> for, the first, uh, for the first pregnancy, already apprehensive. So a lot of... Uh, just a lot of like pregnancy like shit that is just not cool. Um, but boy, was that show good. I didn't like the change of characters though. Nah, I like the original. Like, and I'm not saying I'm talking about the House of Dragons, I like, but the original cast that was in that with the younger people and all that. Like, here's my question why are the, why are the guys still the same, but the chicks got different? I don't know. The guys, like, they, they just, I guess look better when they're older. I I don't I don't know. It was like, and they didn't even like prepare you for it either, because it was like, no. All of a sudden, there was these different women in there, and I was like, am I in some sort of bizarro Game of Thrones universe that just like, and uh, I I I re I rewound it because I thought, did I skip a few episodes? Like what happened? Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. It was a you know it was a I liked the show overall because there was like less people and less stories going on because in the original game of Thrones, there was like 10 stories going on True. at the same time. Yeah. And with this one, there was only maybe like maybe three, three is a max is a max for me. Yeah. And that's a good point because I couldn't tell you a lot of like the other storylines in the first one. I mean, they, it was a lot to kind of digest and some of them I didn't really care about and some I really wanted more of. So you didn't really get that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh it was a good show uh you know it 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 carried me over a bit um it wasn't the, it's obviously not the same but it's it's different in its own way and you know who's different in their own way is the guest i have on today they're very different in their own way and they are a little bit of dragon a little bit of uh underground hardcore rock and roll as well a uh, pinch of that but a lot of successful real estate investor Matt Druin, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me, Marty. I've yes. been waiting a long time. You are a active listener uh, of the show, so uh, I appreciate that. I'll be talking to Matt and 
he'll be telling me like, yeah, actually, uh, blah, blah, blah. I was on your show and mentioned that. I was like, geez, why are you listening to this? This is not for you, but man, it means a lot that you do. And I really appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, we could go back so far as to say maybe, what was it? Maybe three years ago, four years ago, you came by to my apartment and you're like, Hey, I've been thinking about doing this, but I don't have the time. And I just don't really care to do it. I know it's important, but you seem like a guy who might want to do it. And you gave me some of your equipment. It took me about another year and a half to even start, and uh, and then I did. And so I appreciate you for helping me get this thing going. Excellent, man. Yeah, another star, star is born. Star was born. <laughs> so, all right. I mean, I like kind of shooting the shit with you, but people do listen to this and they do want some content. They do want some actual you know, Hey, how do I do this? Or how did you do what you do? So why don't you tell people who you are and, and what you do and, and maybe how you got there and just give us the, uh, the backstory to, uh, where you are now. Cause I want to also talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got my start in real estate back in 2006. Uh, and I had graduated from SUNY Geneseo, uh, with, with a partial bachelor's degree. Uh, I failed a, a calculus class and I had to uh, take it at MCC over the summer. Um, I was too embarrassed to even walk the stage uh, because I like I had the opportunity to, but I just didn't have that certificate in my hand, at least not a real one. And uh, I was graduating and getting put in for, into the workforce at a very like weird time. Uh, the economy was at its peak and there was, just wasn't a lot of companies that were looking to hire you know, liberal arts majors with no experience, mm. especially in what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to graduate college and I was going to be like, you know, the Wall Street, like, you know, tycoon, you know, cigar chomping Gordon Gecko type. <laughs> and uh, I got my taste of humble pie because like the, the best job I could find was as a part-time bank teller at Chase Bank. Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, New York. Um, my parents basically like scraped every single penny they had together to get me out of the city and get my brother and I into a good school district. Um, and it was a great experience. The only bad thing was, is I was continually operating in an inferiority complex because so many kids I went to school with had so much. And we basically, it's like, you know, if we went down to Disney, like we went down with my parents once. I mean, we drove down there. We stayed in flea bag motels. Like everything was like, you know, a, a big decision in terms of like, oh fuck, like I, you know, can we get some popcorn? No, it's eight dollars. Like we, you know, mm. let's let's not eat today so we can and then and then like you know load up on McDonald's like when we get back to the hotel. It was those types of things that just really really sucked, and that's not what my peers were really you know growing up with. They were driving you know. Mercedes and new Lexuses to school. And I was driving a hand-me-down car to school um, from my aunt and uncle, which my grandfather and grandmother gave them their Chevy Blazer in return for them giving my aunt and uncle giving me their like older Chevy Blazer, which I thank them so much for because I didn't have to like take on like auto debt when I was mm. like 16 years old. Mm. Um, but that's the environment I grew up in. Uh, long story short, you know, money was always a constant struggle for my parents. I ended up driving them apart. Um, I also was faced with a lot of loss in life too. Um, I lost my parents in my twenties, um, both from health complications, both at different type, you know, times in my life. One with a long, debilitating battle with cancer. 
uh, which with my mother and my father uh, had a heart attack in his sleep in the middle of the night and died. Okay. I saw him the day before and he was in the best shape of his life. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I had a lot of this bad stuff that happened in my life and uh, a, you know, money was always things that was on my mind all the time because we didn't have a lot of it. You know, money is like air, as I say, you only really realize, you only notice if there's not a lot of it going around mm. and the stresses that it put on my parents, driving them apart. And um, it was all those things in this, this sort of alchemist journey that, you know, had to happen to me in order to, for me to like, you know, finally the universe, like punching me in the face enough times to basically like, Hey, you need to do this. You need to figure out a different path in life because the one that everybody else lives by just is not, you know, is not for you. So mm. that's where I was continually making decisions. I wanted to be financially independent or retired by the time I was 40. Um, and I was able to achieve that by 30, the age of 33 through uh, investing in real estate. So that's kind of my, my story. And I'm still growing today. I'm just focusing on different, uh, different things than where I started. Yeah, that's insane that you're even here. I mean, really, if you look at it, the percentages of some person who, when their parents both pass away at a young age and you, like, why do some people you think take that and go, and, and deservedly go, you know, it's just not going to work for me. This whole thing is just, this is a, just a waste of time. I'm bad. Things happen to me. I'm not, a, I'm not the type of person that, has good experiences. Um, why do you have the urgency? I, you know, I talk a lot about urgency. Like, why do you have that? Like, why did that affect you where you didn't just say F it? I'm just going to become a piece of shit because bad shit's happening to me. So I must be a piece of shit. So I'm just going to drink and booze and just continue down a shitty path. Like, but why not? Like, why did you just say, fuck that? I'm going to go and be the best I can be. It was a, it, there was no singular moment that happened. It was like a collection of these things, you know, over time of the universe speaking to me. Okay. And giving me lessons. And, um, so I just want to be clear. Like, it's not like something you, you wake up in the middle of the morning, like in some one morning and you're just like, you just have it. Mm. Um, it's how you interpret those things happening to you. And by reading the book, like I read a lot of self-help books, um, in my later years of college, I read all these books that my dad always told me to read when I was a kid, but it wasn't until I became an Amway salesman that I, you know, Amway is basically is a pyramid pyramid scheme. If you if uh, uh, you don't know about it, but they recommended these books like Think and Grow Rich, yes. the, mag the Magic of Thinking Big, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, all these like really really seminal like self help books that really started to change my mind in terms of how to think about negativity. The way I grew up, I thought about negativity. I was that piece of shit, right? Mm. Um, how I made my first, how I made my first dollar was I was a Cub Scout, and I would sell the candy bars we got for Cub Scouts, and I would just keep the money. I wouldn't like bring up, you know. Um, I used to, I had an eating disorder that I developed because there was a lot of tumultuous things going on in my life with like uh, really, really uh, abusive step parents and stuff like that um, that my mom and dad were with, and. Mm the only thing I could control in my life was what I ate. So mm. I just became anorexic. Okay. Mm. Um, I started selling uh, my Ritalin at school. I was like a fucking drug dealer. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, selling the, my riddle at school. Cause I was ADD. And I was like, Oh, this is good. You know, this is good money. I had a, and I had a friend, I won't name him, but was like my sort of my, like, you know, he would, I was like sold it to him wholesale and then he'd give me the difference. Right. <laughs> so my, my life didn't start off in a really great, um, great direction. And I can go on and on and on about all of the, you know, the messed up things that I did looking back on it. But I think that it is a, it was a progression for me. It isn't for everybody else. Sometimes people can have that aha moment. Um, but it was, it, but it did happen over a short period of time. And thank, thanks to those books, they like changed my like brain chemistry. Essentially. Mm. I started thinking about things in, in, in a different direction, the death that I was dealt, you know, the deaths that I was dealt with, not just from my parents, but other people in my, uh, in my family, um, was like, we're, we're not here forever. And it can get taken away tomorrow. That's where I get my sense of urgency. Yes. That's number one. Yes. Uh, number two, having a sense of urgency is just, you know, is uh, I was thinking about this because it's a common theme on your show. And I think it's a great topic. It's rooted in logic because we're taught on the time value of money, right? You know, today, especially now, very, very poignant subject, right? Our money is not fucking buying us anything. It's not buying most people their groceries. They're dipping into right. the credit cards to fund, you know, just to fund basic living expenses. Right. Money today is worth more than money tomorrow. Time today is worth more than time tomorrow. Okay. Because those actions that you take right now are cumulative and will grow exponentially over over time. So that's where I get my sense of urgency in in that in logic and also in you know the fact that i've seen so much death in my life that it's like it, it slapped me in the face so many times i just i can't i can't live without the sense of urgency mm, golly that could be a book i mean it should be a book at some point if you haven't thought about writing a book and the urgency part especially and like that would be you know because i was thinking about and you know how i think about urgency because you've listened to the show but I was talking to a friend and I was, we were talking about the work ethic and I was like, I think that's really just being urgent. (laughs) I think like work ethic, it just means like, well, how urgent are you to get the job done? And the time value of money part is so perfect. I think that is exactly it. That's, that's why you want to get it done and you want to do it the right way. And then you know how important it is. And then, I guess I didn't think of it like that, but well, I'm not going to ask that question anymore about urgency. I just, the whole thing has just been unlocked. Uh, (laughs) um, Well, it's so good that you used those situations as your golden ticket, right? That golden ticket of, I am going to use these experiences and then I'm going to change the person that I am. I think, you know, obviously the books had a lot to do with it. I agree with you. Um, And I, and I think it, for me, I still listen to personal development almost on a daily basis. Um, And I think it's because, and I talk about it on a daily basis. It's probably because I need it the most. And, or maybe because I could stray away the fastest if I didn't. Um, Do you kind of feel that same way? Like, do you feel like you need that type of thing? Or is it at this point you have your bearings now and your disciplines in place where it's just on to the next you know, big thing. Uh, I have to be reminded of it constantly. I mean, I, I have, um, you know, like the past few days, I've felt like, you know, a a loser and a failure because there's like, you know, some deals are working on that, 
you know, there's always hair on stuff, like when you're doing this type and, it, and just the, the, the dollar amounts become even bigger and bigger. Um, so I deal with the same thing. And also I deal with trying to be a better person as well, a better husband, a better father. Um, because I mean, that's really what the most important thing to me in my life. Um, and you know, personal development is an ongoing continual process of investment. You're going to need different things at different points in time. Um, they're going to be relevant to your situation. And that's, you know, the power in, you know, just, you know, picking up a, picking up a book. Um, and I think that picking up a book is probably the most powerful form of at least the, the, you know, the, the lowest cost, mm. highest return, um, uh, return on investment in your time. Because like, when you pick up a book, like the book, you can't speak back to the book. Okay. You're yes. like, I don't have the answers. Yes. Please give it. It's a, it's an ultimate position of humility when you're, when you're doing that. You know, when you're listening to a podcast, like no offense, like people are driving around town, it's sort of this passive thing. hundred percent. Okay. Um, but you know, when you want to remember something that's important, you write it down, right? Yeah. And then you read it. So I think that um it's definitely a continuous continuous process. I'm definitely feel like I'm a lot better person. I look back, you know, even even last year of at some things that I did or or said, and uh, I'm like, dude, I was an idiot. You know, I, I feel like I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm an idiot for some stuff that I did yesterday, but that's the, <laughs> that's the sort of things that you do in the yes. entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial journey is a spiritual journey, I think. Ooh. Um, and uh, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you don't look back in yourself, like, you know, last month and you're like, dude, I sucked. Like, you know, then you're not, you're not growing. Um, so, and that's where I get a lot of motivation, uh, motivation as well. And I'm like in school all the time. I've been doing this for 16 years, but I still like feel like I'm like barely scratching the surfaces to what I could do and what I could learn in the process. Um, so, and that's all, that's all associated with that, you know, ever changing brain chemistry you got to, you know, put in yourself. Yeah. And I think it's because like you said, it's entrepreneurship is like this spiritual journey it really is and it's it's such a painful journey it's so painful <laughs> but it makes sense why it is painful it's because that's the only way to grow you have to have pain and you you need it you need to continue to have pain and you also because a lot of times the pain like you were just talking about the hairy problems that are on deals well your job right and i've just I just, Matt, been okay with this. I just recently became okay with your job as the CEO of the business is to solve problems. So problems, yeah, you be you better start like, you don't have to necessarily enjoy them, but you better become like okay with getting them constantly or this is just not going to work out for you. And that was kind of a hard thing for me to hear myself uh, realized that it was like, I fucking hate problems, man. I hate them <laughs> and I don't like it. And uh, I like when things go my way, but what I've noticed is when they go my way, I'm not really satisfied when things start to kind of go your way constantly. You're kind of like, okay, well, yeah, we got that check, but man, it was like anybody could do that. Like you kind of go, yeah, but anybody with half a brain was going to be able to figure that one out. But it's like when that big problem comes and it takes you a minute and then you get better. Do you have like a, 
when you have a problem, do you have like a, a process? Do you have a formula? I mean, is it you take a minute to like look at it? Are you are you quick to make decisions? Are you not quick to make decisions? Like, what does that look like for you? I'm very, very decisive when I understand a problem. Uh, and I'm definitely like, you know, I, for those of you who, you know, follow me on social media or anything like that, I pretty much look like a fucking loud mouth. Okay. Um, that I'm talking all the time and that sort of thing, but I do spend a lot of time. Most of my time, I'm very, very quiet. And I like to look at problems from all different angles, uh, sort of try to amalgamate my past experiences as to what the solutions there might, there might be, but you know, you got to make, pro- you got to make decisions pretty quickly when you're, when you're the CEO, especially when you're, you're the CEO of your own life, Yes, which everybody is. And I found that the more time I've put off in making decisions, it's not like the problem got any, any better. Um, one thing that I have learned though, is to maybe just take a day to think about something. Interesting. <laughs> um, rather than deciding it on the, uh, on the spot, um, because, you know, my dad, you know, my dad and mother raised us in that, you know, your word is contract. Okay. And when you commit to something, even if it's verbal, it's, it's like you signed it in blood and it's a written contract. Uh, so that's where I've felt that I need to, you know, I, I needed to slow down just a little tiny bit. We're talking about, you know, 12 hours here um, that, you know, cause when I make a commitment, I want to make sure that, that I'm going to follow through on it. And I do follow through on it hundred percent of the time. Mm. That's not always easy. Um, I've, I've learned that, you know, yes, it's so critical to keep your promises, but it's, man, sometimes you like make a really quick decision and you go, freak, I got to keep that promise. And I probably should have taken some more time to think about that. But I think you become better anyway, because you did keep the promise. I I think, uh, you know, I've said this before and I wanted to ask you like, you know, taking risks. I so I was thinking about this on the run. Actually, on the same run, I saw you and your beautiful family. Uh, I, I literally, every time I go for a run, I see Matt. And, uh, but I actually, I might, it must be like, you see me a lot when I'm running. Be like, man, that Marty, he's always running. Like, probably have a pretty good thought in your head when you see me. Like, damn, he's really getting after it all the time. Uh, no, um, I wanted your opinion on this. So I was running. And someone's asked me before, like, what are you training for? Like, what are you training for? And obviously there's nothing to train for. Like, I'm not going to do any sort of, you know, marathon or anything like that. And same thing for you. Like when you're constantly, you know, cause I know you're in the gym a lot and I know that you're also putting your time in on, you know, learning and, and, um, and continuing the education process in real estate and if someone asks you that, like, what are you training for? Are you, are you training for the opportunity that's about to come? Like, is that what you look at? Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm training for until I finally figured it out. Like when I was on that run, cause someone, this, someone asked me this two, three years ago, like, why are you constantly running? Why are you constantly keeping discipline? And it's like, I don't know. And then I was like, I know why it's cause I know there's going to be an opportunity that comes my way and I want to be ready for it and prepared. Do you, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel like you're ready now to kind of do anything that you want to do? I guess it's kind of a crazy question, but what are your thoughts there? I'm not ready for anything that comes my way. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Woo! No, I mean, the, the thing is that if you're, if you're prepared, like the time that the opportunity is there, is it's not going to be there. Mm. Um, and then by the time you're prepared for that opportunity that just passed you, a bigger one is going to come your way. One that's mm. like, you know, a little bit different that you haven't really been prepared for. I think that, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really training. I'm not really training for, for anything. I'm already in, I'm already in the battle. I'm already, <laughs> I'm already the gladiator in the Coliseum. Yes. Uh, trying to um, slay their dragon or whatever. Right. Yes. Because it, it's a, you know, this is a good, that's a good question, Marty, because like, I, I don't really feel like I'm, I, like, I, I feel like I'm in, I'm, I'm in the game right now. Yeah. And uh, I know that the discipline that I have is definitely my, you know, it's a, it's my, it's my body armor, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that, you know, you need to be constantly taking action and uh, doing and doing something. If you're sitting on the sidelines, you're not getting the actual practical experience that's going to build you because there's a lot of people like, oh, the recession's coming up or the, the, I, you know, I've been thinking there's going to going to be a recession for the last eight years sure, and it never happened. Um, but if I would have waited eight years, I would have missed out on some of the best opportunities in my life. I would have missed out on, you know, the one deal I did that paid for my daughter's college education. Okay. Um, and uh, I would have missed out on that one deal that paid for my wife's retirement one deal. Mm. So I think that, you know, it's easier to, instead of, you know, I'm not prepared. I like to, when I see an opportunity, I commit to it and I have it pull me through. Cause it, mm. you know, cause trying to, trying to push a, you know, trying to push a rock up a hill is a lot more difficult than, you know, seeing a car that's driving on the street that has a fucking rope attached to the back of it. And you're just, you know, and you're just grab hold of it. You know, <laughs> that, that seems a lot easier to me. And so that's what commitment does. And ultimately commitment breeds creativity. Like you will figure it out when you, when your backup is, is against the wall, you're going to figure it out. And you'll always figure You always figure it out. Nobody's died really doing this. That's um, such a good point. That's such a good point. I mean, it got, I, I like, I, I think about that too. It's like, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Like, I, th I talk about this because I was going to ask you this other question, like, okay, and let's keep this in the back of your head, though, this question of what are some what are some legitimate things people can do to, like, start taking action? Like, we talk about taking action, taking action. Well, what does that look like for somebody, right? Um, so I guess let's, let's answer that question. That's kind of a tough question, um, kind of depending on what it is that you, you want to do. But I guess for someone that's like, I want to do this, man. I'm really serious. How many times have you heard this? I'm serious, man. I want to do this. <laughs> I laugh at it because it's, it's sad because we, we want to help people. And, and I know Matt does, and I know I do too. And it's like, well, let's look at like what you're doing, like in your personal life before we talk about your business, potentially career, right? Like, are you, is your Marty Grizzani or is your Matt Druin business, like your own personal life? How is that business look? How do the books look? You know, let's look at your books there. Like, are you in crazy debt? Let's start working on that business. Let's start working on, because if you can't run your business as a person, as the, as the Matt Druin CEO of Matt Druin, how the hell are you going to run another business? Like, so anyways, what are some, some actionable items that people can do to start, I guess, taking action and also your thought process on, uh, on what I just mentioned there. So the taking action part, because I know you have listeners that uh, aren't necessarily in the real estate field. Um, so I'm going to try to make this a, 
applicable to everybody, right? Um, that wants to grow grow a business or start a business. Sales is your number one most important thing, first and foremost. If you if you get this if you get the sales, then everything else will you know you'll figure it all out. Okay, most people take the action steps first of just consuming like content, like over content and listening to thousands of podcasts and reading like a ton of books and, and that sort of thing. I mean, I think that, you know, you got to just go out, you got to go out there. You got to get belly to belly with people. You got to make phone calls. Um, you got to follow, you got to follow up because, you know, obscurity is the, is the business owner's worst enemy is uh, mm. being, is being obscure and not, and, and not known. And especially it's very, very tough right now because we're inundated with with content constantly. I just saw this today. YouTube has 800 million videos on YouTube. <laughs> okay? Now not all of them are pure gold, but you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of content out there and we're inundated with it. So recognizing in the environment like, okay, how many people get sales? Like, I mean, get calls from people. You know, if you're looking to raise money for a real estate deal or if you're looking to network with a real estate broker, or if you're looking to, you know, sell high ticket type of sales things like school buses, like, you know, a previous guest of yours, Chris Lawrence uh, used to yeah. do. Um, people don't get those like personal phone calls or meetings anymore. So that's how you can set yourself uh, apart. But I think that, you know, you know, uh, growing that top line of your business is the number one most important thing uh, thing to do. And that's on the opportunity side. And that's Marty, that's where like you and Matt have really, really, you know, dominated that part of it. And that's why you guys are so valuable uh, is, uh, is on that front. The operation stuff, like that stuff, that stuff will take care of itself if you just focus on the growth. Mm, I love that. I love that because it plays into my strengths. Thank you, sir. It just doubles down on what I'm good at. But I mean, it's true. Sales, sales will save you. Sales will save you. And uh, I, I guess you're right. I mean, geez. I'm not like a big fish by any means in the Rochester area, but no one's ever called me to like say, Hey, would you want to put money into a deal? Uh, you know, I, I guess it's like, I would be, I think people are afraid to do that when I think the majority of people, if you called and, and again, have your, you know, what together, if you're going to do something like that a little bit, at least. Um, but I think a lot of people would be like, um, they would feel good about that. Like, wow, yeah, you're coming to me with this sort of opportunity. Huh? Well, mm -hmm. it makes sense. I'm Marty Grisani here. Hey, it makes sense. I'm Matt Druin. <laughs> you know, truly, how many calls do you get a year from people? They know you. You're in a lot of different groups where they go, hey, would would you be interested in, in not buying something, but would you be interested in, in investing in this with me? Do you get those a lot? I don't get those at all. Um, For your listeners listening to the podcast, I'm putting my my thumb and forefinger together and making a zero mark, none. Hmm. So my business is part of Oak Grove development is capital raising and finding opportunities for within which to purchase. And so when I have a, uh, every time I've needed to raise money for a deal, I've been, I have a hundred percent track record and being able to do it quickly. And I'm not the most smartest guy in the room or anything like that. It's just, I'm not afraid to do it because I know that I'm presenting people with an opportunity. Uh, and it's an opportunity that I can, you know, I can make, I can help make their like financial future 
better in the process uh, while paying less taxes and all this other uh, benefits that um, that we have as real estate investors. So I think that's definitely where I've I've definitely excelled. I started in sales. I was a horrible salesperson when I started in 2006, and that's something that I continually you know, brush up on the sales and marketing aspect of the business, um, is, uh, is definitely, you know, front and center with us, with, with us and every other uh, business you see around town. I mean, you know, the salespeople in any organization, they're the highest paid people in an organization, all the operations people, they're the ones that get laid off first and they get paid like shit. So you want to be working the top line of that company, not, you know, not be seen as one chipping at the bottom line. Yeah, you'll always have a job in sales. You, you, you'll, I, I should say, you'll always have a job if you're good at sales. And uh, that is it definitely a skill where I think the best way to learn it is by doing it, like legit, legitimately. I don't think there's many books you can read. I mean, you can certainly can sharpen the, the tool belt or sharpen the tool, but I think you really need to just get on the phone or face-to-face even better go to those meetings, talk to people, tell people what you do. I think that's like the number one thing. It's the easiest way to sell. You don't have to sell anything. Just tell people what you do. I think a lot of people won't even do that. I'm like, just tell people that what it is that you're doing and what you want to do. If, if you came to me, let me know your thoughts here. And I want to know if you have a, another strategy. People come to me and go, I want to get into real estate. And I, or I want to get into any business. It doesn't matter what it is. I want to get into business. I got a buddy who wants to you know, be a jeweler. Okay, great. Text everyone in your phone and tell them, hey, it's been a while. I know I haven't reached out to you in a long time, but people have been asking me how they can help me on my new venture. Mm -hmm. If you're okay with it, would you be willing to refer me to people that may need a a realtor? Because I'm a realtor now. I would love that from you. And I'd be happy to pay you uh, some sort of referral fee if you do so right? Make it good for them too. But if you don't do that at least, and you're not willing to put yourself out there on Facebook and do a video of yourself or even a post, then you don't want it really that bad, right? Or is that kind of like, dude, no, they do want it. They just don't have to do all that crazy stuff. Like what's your thought? Maybe what's another actionable item they could do? I mean, I think uh, in terms of getting started. Sure. Or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm a very, very hyper-focused person. I think that you know everything that I do is is sales-oriented. When I talk to an owner of a property, I'm buying their property, but I'm really selling them on me mm-hmm. and what type of solution I'm, I can provide for them. When I raise money, I'm selling that opportunity to that potential investment partner. Working with brokers as well. I mean, I have to know how to deal with brokers and I'm a, I'm a salesperson to a salesperson, right? I can perform on this deal, okay? This is my tra- this is my track record. Ta- being able to talk to brokers in their language, um, so I don't want to confuse anybody. Just get your sales acumen like brushed like brushed up, and don't be afraid to get out there. Uh, and also, it's not in particular one thing. It's a, uh, I mean, it is a you know I'd focus on one thing and really really sharpening that axe. Uh, a lot of people get you know distracted with they need to be you know, sharpening 20 axes at the same time, it's just not going to work. Um, so, you know, sharpening that one ax and then once it's, you know, once it's sharp enough, it doesn't need to be perfect. Then you can move on to the next thing in terms of developing another arrow in your quiver, so to speak. Yeah, that's, that's a, a, a nice way of doing it. It's a simple way of, of, uh, you know, maybe just focusing on that one thing and, 
in doubling down on that until it's um, something that is dangerous, something that's going to actually bring something into you, something that's going to be new for you, right? Doing different things that once you're doing them enough times, you're going to get better at them. And it kind of goes back to the whole point of we're going to have to go through pain. Again, you just got to have that pain. And I think a lot of times with the resistance, when we have, when we're doing new things, when we're trying new things, it's almost like that's a good sign. Like go into that resistance, go into that because typically at the other end of that is going to be something that's going to be an item that you're going to take and it's going to be good for you long term. Just like going to the gym sucks in the beginning. It's so much easier to work out when you're in shape, so Mm -hmm. much easier, but you're not getting that full effect. You're not getting the biggest like boom, uh, you know, that, that gigantic just increase like you do when you start the gym for the first time. Yeah. Listen, when you're an, when you're an entrepreneur, there's a really overused term as get out of your comfort zone. I think that, you know, you need to flip it around a little bit and you have to chase out zones of discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been so, I've been so like in this space so long is that if I'm comfortable, like I'm not comfortable. Mm. So, you know, if you're not going through pain and having resistant, your muscle's not going to grow. And, uh, you know, you got to be putting yourself under constant, like that constant stress, like in order to get the results you want to see. If you're, you know, doing it once in a while um, and not being consistent, like you're not going to get those results. And ultimately, you know, the reason why I kind of thought about it and focusing on the one thing is that you get better when you're focusing on that one thing. And then you start to build self-confidence, especially if you came from where I came from, where I lacked self-confidence. Like I was a very timid, scared person. I was the one that would stand in the corner and be afraid to talk to people. Um, But the same thing with like going to the gym, right? The first time I went to the gym after I had been like struggling with, with fucking anorexia for all these times, I couldn't even bench the bar. Couldn't bench the bar. You know, guy put on 30, you know, uh, they put a plate on each side and they gave me a lift off and I just like dropped it on my chest. <laughs> then he dropped it down to like, you know, 20, you know, uh, for, for us, uh, g- you know, gym bros around here, you know, they, they put a couple of quarters on each side and I couldn't even, and th- that dropped down on my chest. I'm like, okay, well let's just work with the bar. And you're like walking around and you're awkward, you know, you feel awkward and because you don't really know what you're doing and you're looking at equipment and you just don't feel comfortable. But, you know, if you're doing it every day, then, you know, it's, it becomes a second home for you. And this goes for other aspects in your life, in your life as well. So I think that that's uh, the, you know, the one thing, and when you're starting off, this is a theme in the alchemist. Uh, It was one of those books that we gave away at go big, uh, go bigger, go bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that when you start off like the, like the universe God, whatever you believe in, gives you beginner's luck for a reason is to help you build that, is to help you build that self-confidence. You need to keep learning, leaning into that and just knowing that, dude, that's the first rung. Like it's the easiest and that's where everybody starts off at. And then they drop out very shortly after. And after, as we climb that pyramid there's and things get harder, more and more people drop off. And ultimately, like you get to a certain point, you're not competing anymore. I don't compete, but then you face with new challenges. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I love I get- that. I love that not the not competing thing. I just recently had that epiphany. I think maybe I would say, you know, going back like two, three years ago, this is not good, but I didn't have like the 
as what Marty, I have now the a very abundant mindset where like, dude, everybody can win. Everybody can win. I thought I did. I acted like I did, but I was also very much, fuck, that guy's got another flip. Shit. What am I doing? <laughs> right. Um, that should be my flip. That's not good. Or, you know, and, and it, that doesn't help you like the, not just that, but it's like the looking at other people stuff doesn't help you. And I was kind of like wrestling with this and you're a very successful person. So I want to know your opinion. I was wrestling with this thought of like, it's so important to be competitive. Like you think about that, right? Like you think, oh my God, being competitive. Like you see a lot of like the top CEOs, the top business owners, they're super competitive. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I know I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm competitive. Like I, I'm not as competitive as I used to be at all. Like I just lost in tennis, got killed. And I was like complimenting <laughs> the person the entire time. I was like, I don't really, it doesn't mean that much to me, I guess. Like, are you really a competitive person or is it more of like, I'm just competing with myself. It's hard, man. Cause I'm like, I don't really, now it's like, I know, I know this for sure now that there's more than enough for everybody. Everybody can win. And I know that now. So I don't care too much now. I, when I look at it now, I'm kind of more of like, I'm not maybe working as hard, but I'm always really ecstatic for the other people at this point. Like, mm -hmm. what's your thought though on the competitiveness? Like, are you still like super competitive, like with other people? Like you didn't say you, you just said you weren't, but are you, are you being serious? Um, I think I'm being, I think I'm being serious, but it's, there's a, there's a duality of the whole thing. Right. So, um, yeah, I ha I still have FOMO, you know. I you know freaking uh I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to name blast uh freaking uh you know Brendan Bascom just bought 60 units in the Park Avenue area like a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Bascom. Uh, Chris, you know Chris Seeslock, another real estate investor bought a 60 unit apartment complex in Fairport. I'm like Shout out Seeslock. I I was pissed, right? Yeah. I was absolutely pissed. I was like how did I not see that opportunity? How did I not, you know, and I think that it's good to be, you know, at a certain point or actually always is to be self-aware, to understand, you know, when you have a feeling, for instance, especially when you have a feeling is to look back and be like, why am I thinking this way? Okay. And I think that hearing those two things there and they happen in pretty short order with each other. Yeah. I was like, that was the universe telling me like, I need to, I need to get after it. Right. So I think that, I think that, uh, I am competitive, but I'm more competitive with myself. I'm, I'm, I'm the hardest on my, on myself because I know that the buck stops with me. Okay. I own all of my decisions, all the bad decisions that I, uh, that I've made and they've, and the, and the bad decisions I've made have been the best things that have happened in my life. Because even if somebody told me, Hey, Matt, don't do that. And I was like, still kind of thinking about it. I would have died regretting like not doing it and learning it myself. I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately hardheaded. Um, but also at the same time, like I don't like to be busy. Um, you know, I was, there was a point in time in my real estate career where, you know, I was sending out direct mail every month and, you know, I was getting like, you know, like several lead, like really, really great leads a month. And these like two family and three family and four family properties and that sort of thing. And I was like, you know, I was a, I was in a, a junkie. Right. And, then I was like, dude, I'm like, I like a hamster spinning on a wheel. And so I was like, fuck all that. I want to focus on just doing one deal a year. That's all I want to do. And then just make the deals bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Um, so, you know, this year we're going to be doing like a, we're going to be closing a $3 million deal. The year before that, we did a $1.5 million deal. So, you know, cause for me, like I like to move slow. I don't like to move this, like, you know, being constantly frenetic. It's just not my personality. I don't like being distracted. Some people used to say, oh, I'm busy, busy, busy. Like, I hate that. So, <laughs> do you hate that? Or do you just like hate the, that type of person that says that? Um, I just hate, I just hate that. I know what they okay. mean. I know what they mean. And it's so, yeah. it's so easy to be, to be busy, but I just rather be focusing on like, I'd really be focusing on one, one thing. I had a hard time focusing on one thing growing up. I learned to get off of Rillin and Adderall and Dexedrin. And Dexedrin is basically speed mm. um, for those of you who don't know. And um, the way I was able to get off of that is by, is I actually invested a lot of time into studying, you know, Asian ways of, uh, of thought and philosophy. And so that's kind of like where I was like, okay, I've learned to do this. Focusing on something was the hardest thing in my life. And I learned to combat that naturally without drugs. So that's kind of what I want to lean into because I put so much time in that. It's really, really hard these days. And I give people a lot of credit that can actually focus and like get stuff done because it's like, you know, it's just, we're just inundated constantly. Like I have 50 text messages in my phone that I like, I haven't even like answered today. Um, so dude, what the hell were we talking about? Man, it's so good. (laughs) It's good because I like wrestle with that thought of like, I want to be an opportunist and I like opportunities. And then I also talked to someone like you, who's been talking about the one thing since I've met you, right. Or being clear on what you want. And like, I think the more successful people are actually just clear on what they want. And you can have a lot of success being an opportunist, no doubt. But I think the winners, the, the billionaires are, and I'm not saying billionaires are winners, but I think billi- uh, when I see like a billionaire, they've been just very clear on one thing. Um, and that's kind of hard because I'm... I'm someone who likes to be busy. I'm, I'm, I am. I am someone who likes to be, I, I'm regrettably now a deal junkie. Like I, <laughs> we do a lot of deals and, but I don't want to do a lot of deals just to do, like, if you think about all the work it takes to do one deal compared to like, if you did just one deal to make all the money times, you know, all the money you could have made or all the, the value you could have created and all the great things that you could have done just on one deal that took the, you know, the one time for the year, instead of, you know, let's say a hundred deals, you know, what would you choose? It's like, well, yeah, I'd want to just do that one thing that one time. It's, it's kind of hard though. It's kind of hard to be that patient. So that's why it makes a lot of sense. What you just said about how focusing and delaying whatever that is and just going, no, I know that there is something there maybe potentially, but I already made a promise that I'm going to focus on this. And if I don't, then I'm just going to be going back to going to go, geez, I should have just went and sticked with you know, X. And instead of just being constantly inundated with, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and even though they look great and people have made money and they're doing well and there's value there, but this is my thing. I'm going to stick with it. That's so hard. Um, all right. I want to be cognizant of Matthew's time. 
So let's go with the speed round here. Uh, Matt, if there is only one metric you could track in your business, what do you choose? What K- or let me ask you this. What KPI do you look at, like on a weekly, maybe monthly, yearly basis? Does you, do you and Oak Grove look at that's like, gosh, if this is in line, we're good. And you can say P&L, cash flow, shit like that. It's fine. Uh, the KPIs, um, that's one thing is that I have uh, not been systematic about uh, like benchmarking and measurements. I'm just one that I know what the right thing is to do. And uh, I just lean into that and take action towards that. So I'm not the best with like, well, how many phone calls did you make today? Um, did you, uh, did you, you know, did you, did you call five, bro- five brokers today? Did you have one, you know, uh, one lunch meeting with a potential investor and a one lunch meeting with a broker that, you know, this, this week, um, I'm not the best at that, to be honest with you. I find that what I'm doing is working for me. So that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> the thing is that, so everyone not- listening, um, you know, Hey, you either got it, or you don't, um, but what are you thinking? Intuition? It's just, this is what I, this is what I know works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, another thing that Grant Cardone, uh, you know, says is like, you know, he's like, I don't have a plan. He's just like massive action. Right. And, uh, you know, you're going to pretty much learn in real time. Like what is, especially with the, especially with the technology we have in terms of, you know, you know, I'm really active on social media. Like I can see what type of engagement I get based upon what I, the type of content that I put out there, for instance. Um, and so, and you can still be busy and Marty just to like, you know, cause I'm still trying to convert you. Okay. Um, <laughs> to not being the deal junkie. All right. You get off that smack, you know, uh, is you can still be busy, you know, like uh, making phone calls to people, meeting with bro- meeting with brokers, I do a ton of relationship building um, in in my business. Relationships are everything, and the reason why I'm so active on the social media platforms and putting content out there is that that really sort of nur- nurtures my relationships and keeps top of mind for with those people that I build relationships with to sort of like keep that relationship building while we're not to like not together either on the phone or in person. Um, so, but. I know for a fact that those people that track the KPIs are going to be way far ahead of the game than I, than I am. <laughs> I just, I just fucking hate it. Like, so yeah. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it. Eventually if I get like a, you know, like a CFO or like yeah, a, a, you know, a, a chief, a chief operations officer, officer or something like that, you know, that's going to be something like, Hey, here's a report. We could be, you know, we should be doing more of this. Um, but I'm just not, I'm just, I'm just not there yet, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I, uh, I, I, you know, thank you for being honest, you know, and, and obviously it's, it's working for you and, and maybe in, in your right, I don't know how you can put a KPI in relationship building. So that is the KPI it's spending time. And I think something you said, and it helped me out a lot with my content creation is that, you know, someone that I think was like in your high school or whatever, they were like, yo, you're the real estate guy. Like, how's that going? You're like, I haven't talked to this person in like 12 years and I've just been living rent free in their head as that real estate guy. So it might not be today and it may not be 12 years, but maybe in 20 years, this guy may want to work with me or this person may have a deal that they can bring to me. So I think about that and I really know that there is no KPI you can put on something like that. It's just, it's way too abstract. Um, okay. What is a book you recommend or what? Let me ask you this. No, I don't want that question because you're just going to name a bunch of books. 
that you always talk about. So what's a book you're reading right now or the book you just read? Oh, let me see. The book that I just read yeah, was... most recent book. Marty, I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I have, the last book I read was the, uh, was the alchemist you read uh, it by, again. Paul, by Paulo Coelho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do you love that book so much? You, you talk about it all the time. Why? It's a, it's a parable. Um, and I think that as entrepreneurs, like we're faced with like all the stuff that's in that book, a lot of like self-help books are, you know, uh, are written in very, very direct, uh, direct ways. Um, it's a spiritual book as well. Um, so that's the reason why I, that that's the last book that I read, but here's to put it in perspective, like for every like 10 books I read, one of them is a real estate related book. Um, so I think that in the real estate's in the idiots business for you guys that are overanalyzing this thing out here, like it's, it's not that hard. Uh, the greatest part where you struggle, I just talked to some guy this morning, success, successful salesperson that his number one thing I met him, I talked to him for 15 minutes. He's got a, he's got a scarcity mindset mm. and, and until he changes that he's never going to get what he wants. Um, but I wasn't going to tell him that. I mean, I was working out with a dude. Um, and so, so, I mean, I think that, you know, you're going to have to read books based upon what your need is at the time um, and uh, do self-development with, uh, with that. You're, you're building, you're building something over time. You're building a house over time. Right. Um, and it's not going to all be, always be with bricks. Sometimes you're going to need some, some wood and some, uh, some, uh, some ceramic tile and stuff like that. So. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. And that makes sense. And, uh, that may, I might need to reread that again. Cause I think I read that like the first time. Um, I think when you, this might've been like a bunch of years ago. So anyway, okay. Last question. If you lost it all today, what would you do? I would, would you I would get go, a job. I would go bigger. So the, um, that my biggest, my biggest regret. And I, and like I said, I was, I was too hard headed to realize, um, this is that I should have been focusing on bigger, uh, bigger things and not thinking and fooling myself into thinking that it was going to be, you know, things had to be incremental. Um, it would be like, I'd be able to rebuild everything that I have today in a matter of probably two years. Whereas it's taken me 16 years to get to where I am today. Right. And this is the reason why people need to invest in mentors. Um, and, uh, you know, is to, they like, they're like the, the secret cheat codes. Remember Game Genie? I don't I mean, you might be too, too young for this, but no, but Game Genie was basically this thing like you could hack a Nintendo game, like to make, like to turn like, you know, Super Mario into like, you know, a, 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 a chompy chomp, you know? Um, and so that like, that's like the really, really like the secret, like cheat code is, is, you know, uh, people that you will invest in that will put the ladder down for you and basically put you light years ahead of, um, where you kind of, you just did it all on your own. And unfortunately I had to be hard headed and learn everything on my own and get t kicked in the teeth multiple times to do that. So that's definitely where I'd, you know, uh, where I definitely think, uh, you know, I'd be so much better if I, if I lost it all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's it. I love it. I agree with you. Mentorship. I, you know, spend tens of thousands, uh, tens of thousands of dollars on coaching and mentorship a year. And it's the best thing I've ever done. And it's mostly because of the people that attend those things. 
And those people are the ones that you build the relationships with. And those people are the ones that typically push you to the next level. Um, the, the person that's teaching, absolutely, there's the value there. But the long lasting value is in the, uh, is in the group. Guys, that's it. Wow, what a show. Matt Druin. Thank you so much for coming on here. Short notice too. And you were super prepared, man. You were ready to rock and roll, man. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have me on any time for a part two. Let's have a part two. Okay, guys, part two. Maybe ask us some questions. Maybe there'll be another event. Maybe go big or go bigger. See ya. See ya. Thank you for tuning into the Marty Grizzani show. If you're listening on Apple podcast, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.